We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Ephesians chapter 1. Am I missing anything else? Is that good? Let's just take about 20 minutes here and read this passage of Scripture. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from our God, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Say this with me before you turn that. It's all, say all spiritual blessings. Not some, not a portion, not a partial, not a down payment, all. So all blessings are in heavenly places, which means in spiritual places. You agree? In Christ. That's the next verse. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Let me stop right there. That word according is a musical term where we get the word chord, like chords in music. It's symphonic. It's, it's all has a melody to it. It's a sound, an overall arching sound. So God does this in harmony in not only our life, but as the body of Christ. So according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Now, at this point, there's nothing you have done or I have done. And before, when this was happening, our lives hadn't even existed yet. This is something God did in himself in Christ. To the praise and the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one This will give somebody encouragement. All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, and on earth, even in him. So everybody in heaven and everybody on the earth, whether they've gone on before, is a part of the one. Hear me? If you've lost a loved one that's gone on before you, they're saved, they're, they're, they're void from us, but they're in heaven, they're still a part of the one. They're in him. Heaven and earth are not separated by Christ, they're separated by the space that we can't see, the the film, but in Christ, there is no separation. He is in heaven and earth. Both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. In whom also we have obtained, look at this, an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be in, we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you had believed, you were sealed, this is powerful, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or the deposit or the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Watch this. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints, this is Paul speaking to the church, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Look, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of whose calling? His calling. We like to take the calling, but it's his calling. And what the riches, and when I say riches, I'm not talking about just enough to pay the bills, not just enough to get by. The riches of the glory of the, his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, toward us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in heavenly places. For far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, look at this, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. It's all about him. He did it, he does it, and he'll do it. He will take your imperfection and he himself in his perfection somehow in his riches of his grace swallows up your imperfections and still blesses you. Come on. I've come to realize I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't know why he chooses to bless his people when I see some of their, it's a good thing I'm not God. But he is. There's some people that wouldn't wake up with the breath because I know some of their lives. And I'm going, my God, how in the world are they doing that? How are they getting away with it? God, any day you're going to strike them dead. And somehow he blesses them. Right? Oh, you don't know those people? <laughs> what I'm telling you is that somehow what God is doing is, is across the earth is making himself magnified, minimizing the effort of humanity and putting it all on him. Now, we look at that and go, oh, that gives me the excuse to do anything I want to do. Oh, no. Because the revelation and the understanding of the Spirit that goes on in chapter, verse 16, 17, or 18, says, I pray that you receive the, the, the Spirit of revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of him, in Him. If you receive that, you will change. Yeah. Knowing the grace of God without the responsibility of transformation from the grace of God, with the grace of God, in the grace of God, is a sign of immaturity. The reason I'm having to tell us this this morning is because when I go into tomorrow night and I go into what we're going into in the 19th, the Lord is trusting his church, his body, 
the believers with the inheritance of this, in the saints. There's an inheritance that's been, handing, been handed to us. And we have been, as a child, and because we have been immature in our ways in so many ways, we've not been able to handle the vast portion of this inheritance. But the Lord is pouring out his spirit on people that deserve it and people that don't. He's pouring out his spirit on people that are weird and he's looking, pouring out his spirit on people that look sane and, we, and straight, fine, normal. He's pouring them out. I'm running into people and talking to people that are quoting scripture to me that I didn't know they even knew a scripture. I'm talking to people that have the love of God in their heart towards people and towards uh, families and I've seen it and they're going the extra mile one in the distance and you're going, my goodness, you're just looking like you're just wasting your time but there's a passion and a compassion that they have towards these families. And I go, so I went away to, to the Lord. I said, God, what are you doing? The world's crazy. The church is just a half step behind being crazy. And what are you doing? What, what in the world are you doing in your body? And the Lord spoke to me so clearly and told me, I'm growing them up. I'm growing them up. You're not a part of an infant church. You're a part of a church that's growing, becoming mature. As you become mature, responsibility happens with maturity. You want healing in your hands? The Bible has it all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When's the last time you've seen a real outpouring of healing? The Bible says there was one time when Jesus was there and his presence, the presence of God was there that everybody got healed. When's the last time you saw that? They brought him all the people with evil spirits and demonic spirits and he cast them out and healed them all. They all walked away with their soundness of mind, clarity of mind. When's the last time you saw that? When's the last time you saw something that's so supernatural in the financial realm that blew your mind? That you went, whoa, there's no way. Have you ever witnessed the two fish and five loaves that fed 5,000 people? Is that just a frame of reference for us to build faith from the Gospels, or is it a frame of reference for us to live from today? Is our goal just to be more moral or to walk in the power and the supernatural of God? My Bible says they're one and the same. We're not trying to just raise up good people. We need to raise up godly people that walk in the power of who he is. Paul is writing. What's that? If you want to get warm, you get closer to the fire. Yeah. Paul was writing to the book, in the book of Ephesians, was writing to the Gentiles. 
this, the, the, the Gentiles were the ones that were grafted in. They had witnessed what had taken place on the day of Pentecost. Churches were starting to be established and built. But this, they weren't just, they weren't Jewish. So they didn't know the Jewish rules and customs other than what they witnessed. So when they looked at him, he, they start reading. Paul says, listen, you, you, all, you all got this too. You've been adopted in by the Spirit. And you've got to understand that, that this was a plan well before you even existed. For me to, Paul said, for, for God to bring all that are in heaven and all are in the earth, bring them together into one in him. So as long as you're in him, you're part of the one. Bought and paid for, and it said redeemed by his blood. Now, we talk a lot about the church because we're coming up on Easter in a few months. We talk about the blood of Jesus that's shed on the cross. That's true. But you've got to understand, that blood wasn't just shed on the cross that made it what it was. That blood came from heaven that's what made it what it was. It was the, it was the blood that came from the Father. Are you hearing me? It was his blood that made it worthy to spill and to shed. It wasn't just any blood. What's that mean? What does that apply to? How does that apply? What does that, what's that got to do with anything? Because the Bible says there's life in the blood. See, I'm going to go back and read this passage of Scripture again. I'd like you to pull it up in the New Living Translation. We're going to make a shift in the body from going from three or four or five different principles to live by to get some good results to learning more of him that will prompt you to make change and transformation in your life that will not make sense to your natural mind. You need an energy that isn't forced by you just trying to do harder. You need a morality that isn't just trying to make good decisions. You need business and investment advice that isn't just a matter of what good common sense looks like. It's something that comes from the spirit. The church has been trying to live absent of the spirit but live really good moral whole lives. And there is something in the spirit that super supersedes this that causes us to live that way. And we've abandoned living in the spirit. Not meaning to. Not meaning to. We've just become a real solid spiritual self-help community. And I'm not against self-help. If you're not going to get help at all, at least get self-help. Right? But it, it will not replace spiritual walk. When you get convicted in your heart of something, that it's time to make some change, the next thing you need to do is engage him. Engage. Why did you get convicted? You didn't even get convicted on your own. You got convicted because he convicted you. So the one that convicted you obviously has a plan to help you walk us out. Right? We become a church, a body of people across this country, across this world, that have put the spirit on the side. Not meaning to. And just working hard as we can work not recognizing. The reason, one of the reasons I wanted Barry to tell his story because Barry didn't, Deb did not initiate that. But he had sense enough to know that God was initiating something. 
He didn't shut it down when the door started opening up. When he got started getting pulled in, he started making changes, making hard decisions, cutting some things he had to cut, changed his day-to-day operations in life. Why? Because that was where God was pulling him. And once he yielded to the flow of where God was taking him, all the rest of the stuff is semantics. The hardest part is making the decision in your heart saying, I'm all in. What I'm really concerned about is the blessing of the Lord being poured out on the church in the next 24 months, big time. I don't think it's just going to be the church. I think it's going to be the world. He's going to pour out the blessing. Here's what's going to happen. If we're not spiritual people walking in maturity with the spiritual gifts of God, we'll lose it. It'll slip right through our fingers. It'll be just like somebody getting a blessing, inheriting money, inheriting a wealth, and next thing you know, you're going, whatever happened to that? They lost it. Why'd they lose it? They weren't mature enough to handle it. Didn't stop it from coming. But the question is, are you ready to handle it? Let's read this in New Living Living Translation. I'm going to read this straight. Now, you, you, you track with me. The letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, the Gentiles, the church, who are the faithful followers of Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, listen, here we go, who has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Listen, stop right there for a minute. Every heavenly blessing, every blessing of God is on your life. It's in the heavens. It's in the spirit, right? And and the spirit is an enemy with your carnal and our carnal mind. It's constantly battling. Sometimes it'll battle common sense, right? What you think might make sense. But the spirit is going to be first. And unless you attack this thing spiritually first and go after it in the spirit... I'm afraid we're going to be really good at figuring things out. And then we end up in manipulation if we're not careful. Right? Which is witchcraft. We would never say the church is in witchcraft. We wouldn't want to say that. But rebellion, which is doing what, against what God wants, and manipulation is witchcraft and rebellion. Who has blessed us in every spiritual blessing? That means, listen, you put whatever you need in there, it's in the spirit. If you need freedom, it's in the spirit. If you need healing, it's in the spirit. If you need um, peace of mind, it's in the spirit. If you, whatever you need, it's in the spirit. Do you all see that? That doesn't say with some spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It's every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are unified with, united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. If you're in Christ, you are holy and blameless in his eyes. You are without fault in his eyes. So quit being your biggest critic. See, it, it doesn't make sense to say that. Say, oh, God, yeah, but I got all kinds of flaws. Do I just overlook all my flaws? No. If you tap into this whole Ephesians chapter 1, I promise you, your fault flaws start changing. The grace of God has the power to transform you. It just does. 
We have used the grace of God to keep us in our sinful, holy, unholy nature. We've used it to justify our actions. But the grace of God, the true grace of God, the love of God will transform you. And it won't be because you're doing it. It's because the Spirit is changing you. To be holy and without fault in his eyes. Next verse. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us into himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him him great pleasure. It is his pleasure to bring you into the fold. Next verse. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to to his dear son. Look at this. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his good pleasure. What's the good pleasure? What's the plan? The plan is you are not guilty in his sight. He brought you into a family that you didn't deserve. He brought you into the fold and he saved you and redeemed you by his goodness and riches of his kindness and his glory. Why? Because he wanted to. You didn't qualify. You didn't just make it by the skin of your teeth. You made it because he chose you. And if he chose you, what takes place when he chooses you? He brings you into a place. This is just the beginning. The church has made this the end. This is the infancy of walking in. This is Ephesians chapter 1. Wait till he should read the the entire book of Ephesians. This is a church that's growing up in him going, you mean to tell me? Yeah. Now that we've dealt with the sin issue, now we deal with it because of the grace of God. It's his goodness that's brought you in. Now that we've dealt with that, let me tell you what's about to happen because of all of that. He chose you. He redeemed you. He brought you in. He's revealed the mystery of of Christ to the church. Now we know that it's what was hidden is not hidden anymore. He came himself, took it all upon himself, brought it, made us clean. Now we can stand before him guiltless, without fault, blameless, and we can embrace his grace. Why? Because his grace begins to transform all your stuff. That's why you don't run away from him. You run to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in your time of need. If you really knew the power of grace of God and how that grace begins to mature us, you'd bring all your junk to him as fast as you could instead of hiding it. Because he's not punitive, he's redemptive. But God, you know I've got this over here. It's in my, man, this is bad. It's just bad. The first thing that should come to your mind when you know this scripture is, okay, I've got to bring it to him. Why do I bring it to him? So he can cleanse me of all my unrighteousness? He's already done that. Now it's to transform me. He takes the false, the lie that you're living from. He replaces it with his truth and sets you free. But as long as you're over here trying to fix it yourself, you'll try it in multiple things to try to get good improvement. We're not trying to improve an old life. We're trying to walk in a new one. 
Are you with me? A guy that's just been saved, a lady that's just been saved, and God wants them to operate in healing, the gift of healing or the gift of faith or the gift of miracles, whatever it might be, and you have it down here. While you're over here working this stuff out, you're not operating in this. And if you think for one minute you have to get rid of all of this before you begin to walk into this, you don't realize the power of his grace. I have prayed people, listen, I have prayed and seen people get healed with my head hurting. I have rebuked, this is the truth, I've rebuked headaches and still had one after I got praying, finished praying. I have sat down and canceled counseled somebody on their finances and watched them walk into prosperity. I watched a person start a bu- come in with an idea to start a business, walk them through the whole process. They end up making over six figures in a, in a short time, and I'm still trying to figure out how to pay the bills. And they took my advice. Now, was that my good advice or was that the spirit? Spirit of wisdom, wisdom and revelation. Are you with me? So do you get it all right before you start operating in it or you start operating in it as you're getting it right? You gotta walk. You have to walk. You will not mature until you know you're walking in it. Are we Okay. This is critical, because critical for where we're going tomorrow and the rest of this year. God has now revealed to us a mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his good pleasure. It's God's pleasure. You want to please God? This is his pleasure. And this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and in earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that the Jews were to be the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have, been, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saved you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Listen to me. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You do not receive an inheritance unless somebody dies. But the person that's receiving the inheritance don't receive it when they're dead. They receive it when they're alive. It's necessary that he died, but it's necessary that you live. Are you following me? Quit trying to die daily in your flesh. Reckon yourself dead in him so you can live in the spirit See, this is all going to be, I can feel this. I can feel me banging on some things in the, in, the, in, the, in the spirit. I can feel myself hitting some of these things, some paradigms and ideas. And I'm thinking to myself, we've got to push on some of this because you are a spiritual per- person. That's right. You have got to see what is going to happen in the spirit. If Barry and Deb had not recognized what God was doing, they would have missed it. He told two stories. See, see, this is what I'm talking about. We've got to be able to discern what God is saying and how God speaks. Right. He told two stories. One was, <laughs> my, my son's moved, re- relocated back to Charlotte. I went down and started visiting. And next thing you know, we reconnected and I started a new job. Because what happened is things started happening. But he also told another story. I sit on the couch at 18th Street and I, and 
Kevin said he didn't want to do the offering. Steph said, I can't do the offering. Worse. So Ronnie said, I don't do the offering. Barry said, I wasn't really in the conversation. <laughs> now watch what happened, right? Did he find himself in the conversation? Right? Once he got in it, he became it. Right? What is conversing around your life right now that you're sitting on the couch and you're not hearing? It's happening. I promise you it's happening. What is the Lord saying and can you hear him speak? It's necessary for you to hear his voice this year, for this season, to walk over the threshold and walk into the maturity that he has for you. The only reason we'll live less than our provisional, that the Lord has provided for us for the next season, will be because of our inability to discern what the Spirit is saying. That's it. I've been sitting in my office before, working away, and all of a sudden I get a thought, drive to Speedway. And I have one or two choices. I can throw this thought down and go, I'll do it a little bit later, or I can get up and drive to Speedway. Every time I hear that voice, that nudging, and I get up and I do exactly what he said, I don't have to go looking for it. He's going to make me find it. Are you, are you with me? You have to walk in the Spirit. It's not one, Paul said it this way to the same group of people. He said, hey, it's not just good enough to live in the Spirit. You've got to walk in it too. You've got to walk in it. Do you realize you can't separate yourself from God? You don't have to go check in in his chambers and come back in and say, God, uh, I'm getting refueled here so I can go back out here and live and let you judge how I live. He's in you. He walks in you. He is in you. In him you live, move, and have your being. This thing is not separated from you and from him. You're in this together. And whether you know it or not, he is growing up in you. He's becoming full and mature in you. And you're live in 2018 going into this next season because he wants you to walk in a maturity that the church has not yet walked into. If Acts chapter 1 was the infant, can you imagine what we're supposed to be today? And we're confused because we're only making, listen to me, we're only making it about just these things over here, the gifts and those things. That's a part portion of this thing. It's the holistic body of Christ. What areas of your life that you're feeling like you're coming up short and you want to see changed? What are they? I'm not sitting around telling make a, make a make a list of all your shortcomings. What is it that you want God to do in your life for you to see the change? And I promise you, if he initiated saving you before you even asked, he's already initiated changing you before you ask. And if he initiated saving you and he initiated changing you, he also has the power to sustain it when it's changed. You're trying to figure out life when your source of life is him. That's right. Am I making sense? Uh, you, have to, you have to catch this because the spirit of him, of God, is permeating his body. See, 
there was three phases that you see Jesus' records. You see him as the infant, and even wise men come bringing him gifts, right? See him as a child. You didn't see him as a 12-year-old when he was asking questions in the temple, remember? And he's off the scene for about 18 years, and he comes back as 30. When he's 30, because 30 was the year, even in the Old Testament, you had to be 30 to be a priest. So David was 30 when he started his ministry, right? He had to be 30. So we really know Jesus as the baby, warm and fuzzy, cuddling. We know him as the toddler where we can just back talk, ask questions, do our own thing. But when you're 30, which is the church is moving into that next level and third level of maturity that's recorded, it's not about you. It's about him. Right? It's not about us. It's about him. He'll make it about you when you make it about him. He'll transform you when you become focused on his body. But the more you're self-focused, self-consumed, you become self-reliant. When you become self-reliant, good, hope that things all work out for you. Because you've got to change yourself. And you'll try the next fad coming and going. KT has a great story. You guys watched it on Facebook Live. When he said, I, wanna, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta make some changes. What was in front of him, somebody mentioned to him, start running. So he starts running and he hated to run. So what he did was he followed what was in front of him. When the obstacles come to quit and lay down, he surrounded himself with some other people that kept him encouraged and got in his face when he needed to keep going, when he wanted to quit. And then when he started seeing change, it motivated him to move forward. Right? But he wasn't doing that for him. He was doing that because he had a 10-year-old son. He was doing it because he had employees. He was doing it how to make people around him better, how to be more effective for them. I'm here to tell you guys, this is a transition of life that we're walking into as the body of believers, that there will not be any more tickling of ears. Entertainment is not going to get us through. If the songs we sing aren't penetrating in the spirit, they're nothing. If the musicians, no matter how good they are, aren't anointed and flowing in the spirit, they're like tingling brass and clinging cymbals. If our teachers aren't packing a word and don't spend the time in the word, we'll have to just endure. And if you all, as believers, don't walk through your front door or through your garage or however you enter your house, and you look in there today, and you walk in, and you look around, and you say, it's a new day. Barry said it. I had to get my house in order. What's in your house? I'm not talking about going through throwing out your, your, your CDs and burning all your DVDs. I'm talking about walking in your house and saying, okay, God, I'm ready to embrace and walk over the threshold of this season that you've set my life to be. And I know and I register within my heart and my mind 
that you have prepared a place in the spirit for me that I have not yet walked. And I desire to walk there. God, I know I've got some insufficiencies, insecurities. I've got all these doubts. I've got all these issues. I've got faults. I've got all these things that you said I don't have. But I see them. So somehow, God, you're going to have to transform me into the way you don't see. And I don't know how to get there on my own. So what I'm going to do, God, is I'm going to put all these things down. I'm going to quit focusing on all these things. And I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to be forever settled that you and I are 24-7. We're not on and off. We're not in and out. We're not back and forth. We're, no, we're together. And God, I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to look for you and look to you in every step of the way. And God, you're going to put people across my path. And I'm going to trust you, God, that I'm going to not miss the conversations that are going on with you that are telling my story that I don't see. I don't want to miss it. I don't want you to have to keep repeating yourself. I don't want you to have to keep screaming at me to get my attention. And God, I don't want to have to repeat an 18-year-old season when I'm already 30. Am I talking to anybody? I want to walk in this fullness now, God. So I'm willing to put all this stuff behind me that I didn't get right in the past. And I'm willing to run to this future that you have prepared for me. Now, God, I know it's by the blood of you that settled this thing forever. I have forgiveness of sins. I've been redeemed by your blood. And that is settled. I know I'm without fault before you because of your riches and your grace and your mercy. You love me and your kindness is so overwhelming that I can't outrun and outlast your kindness. You desire to do good for me because it's your pleasure. You held this whole story for 4,000 years and finally released it to the earth and somehow I'm aware of it in 2019. You made it clear to me that what you're doing is bigger than me, but you've included me. I don't desire to be a baby stuck away trying to figure this out on my own. I'm tired of crawling and walking and, and running and falling, God. I'm ready to step forward and walk into the maturity and steward life like you've called me to steward. And God, I know I can't do that in my own. I need your spirit. I need your power. I need the spirit of your revelation and the spirit of your wisdom. I need to walk in all of who you are. Now, God, if I have all of you, I don't need an additional deposit. I already have it. What I have to know is what do I already have? And God, would you make known to me what I'm already packing and what I'm already carrying? And all those noises and sounds that are outside of this, would you just silence and calm down? So the only voice that really becomes clear into my ears is the voice that I know that I'm carrying in here. Everything else is a distraction. Everything else is an attention. So draw me into that place, God, that I've never gone before. That place that takes me to the heights where all those spiritual blessings are in heavenly places. That's our desire. That's our goal. That's our place. It's in Him. He didn't make it unattainable. He made it available. He didn't make us disqualified. He removed every disqualification to make you qualified. He took out all the disorder and made it order so we can walk in the fullness of who he is. How do we do it? What do we do? Teach us, God. Show us. Let us live in the place where all those spiritual blessings are in you, unified in you, united in you, one in you. Whatever that means, God, let me walk in it. Would you stand with me? Who wants all that?
Really, who wants all of that? It's a new way of life. It's a change. It's a transition. Oh, listen. I can hype you into the starting and getting in the race. But absent of the Spirit, you will fall on your face. I need you on the line, ready to go in the Spirit, ready to take this thing on. That's what God has for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Listen, that means you might have to go with some hurt, some pain, some void, some baggage. But we can't wait to get it all right to get going. We've got to get going in the Spirit, and then it becomes all right. Father, in Jesus' name. I lift up my brothers and sisters to you. We recognize, Lord, all spiritual blessings that are in you. They're in heavenly places, in the spirit. Make your church a spiritual church. Understanding the power and the revelation of who you are and the wisdom of who you are. That mystery, God, that has been made known to us, let it be more, even more real than we've ever known. I pray, God, that this be a, an incredible opportunity as we step over the threshold into the next year that one of the greatest things we'll ever experience will be knowing and hearing your voice, recognizing and seeing the fruit of hearing your voice. Change and transformation take place in our life. People around us begin to see it and feel it and know it, that God, that we're bringing change and transformation to their lives. Lord, grow up your people, grow up your church, and let us walk in the fullness and the maturity of who you've called us to be. I bless those brothers and sisters that are here today. I bless those that are watching on the internet, and I say as they walk out of this door and as they disconnect from the internet, let their life be blessed immeasurably in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all.